Hi, welcome to the Four Teachers podcast. Michaela here with you. Last week, James from ArchD and CESA's gifted education advisor, Dr. Rebecca Napier, spent the day in conversation with gifted ed teachers from all around Catholic schools in Adelaide about their experiences in this area, their journey, and what they've learned along the way. There was so much great stuff that we've released these as an entire series of podcasts. Check out the show notes for links to all of the episodes. Anna, thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast today. It's great to have you here. Good to be here. Now, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, your story? We'll start off, uh, what, what school are you at? What year levels do you teach in and how long have you been there? I am the Inclusive Education Coordinator at St. Ignatius Junior School. Mm -hmm. This is my second year at the school. Okay, wonderful. Uh, And what year levels do you teach? All of all the year levels in the the public school? Yeah, so I oversee the support and provisions for reception to year six. Now, we've been talking with all the other guests who have been here today all about their connection to uh, gifted education and uh, start off by saying, you know, like if, if uh, if, if a movie was made of your connection to gifted education if there was a movie made about that be a bit niche but it would be made and uh where would the first scene be like where would the movie open now for them it starts really in their professional lives but for you it actually starts at a very different time where would it open for you where did your connection begin Um, My connection started all the way back into primary school. So I distinctly remember um, being in a class and being taught quite complex thinking routines through six-hat thinking. And I remember it was on um, tadpoles and the life cycle of a frog. And um, then I kind of noticed that the questions and the answers that I were giving weren't like the other students in the class. How were they different? Um, I think I came up with things that were really outside the box mm-hmm. and things that were just other people in the class hadn't thought of. And I remember the teachers kind of huddling in the corner and looking at me. And that was the first kind of time I realised that the questions and the answers that I were giving weren't quite like what others were giving. Right. And so... Then, then what happened from there? Like, what, what do you remember being the next step after? So the teachers are huddling in the corner, casting a few furtive glances yeah. back in your direction. I'm assuming the class is just all sitting there wondering what's <laughs> going on. But like, but, but seriously though, for, the, for that, the next step, like yeah. what, what do you remember as being the next step after? And what year were you in when this was started to happen? So I remember that was in year two. And Righto. My, okay. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah yep, definitely. And at that point, I think think my education was really closely monitored and kind of um, I was tagged as having some sort of gifted um, likeness and but then my education didn't kind of catch up and then I was um, and took an s- uh, educational assessment and it was discovered that I was also dyslexic. But with that report also came as a dual diagnosis of being gifted and also having dyslexia. Right. Did you do you remember what your parents' reaction was to that at the time? I mean, I guess you would have been very young, so it would have been couched in parental, you know, um, making sure that you know it didn't affect you too much. But what yeah. what do you? How do you remember things changing for you at that moment? Well, I remember the dyslexic diagnosis being like a key that unlocked things for me. Mm-hmm. So I would sit in classes and find things exceptionally difficult. But then with that diagnosis, unlocked a whole set of belief systems in me that, oh, 
it's not me. I just find things a bit challenging. And then I think it also changed the perception of my education being that, well, we know that this is an area of challenge, but this is the potential as well that we know that I could achieve. Okay. And so what, what, what happened from there? Like what was the rest of your primary school learning like? How was it different from what the other students experienced? I think it was quite unique being that um, I did have a lot of educational support put in place as well, but it was quite individualised because I also, um, through my primary and senior education, um, accessed dual learning support and gifted education. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. So, um, and probably why I'm in the role I'm in, which is looking at both spectrums, because I think um, all learners are different and education is really individualised to that individual student. What do you find that you're able to bring to your role now from your experiences that you had back then? How do you think that, like we often say in those things, like like uh, name your unfair advantage, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what, what do you think your unfair advantage is that you've gained from literally not being necessarily just a teacher who's like gone through teacher school and and um that's what we call university education by the way teacher schools (laughs) (laughs) um uh um, through 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 doing your um education degree and and then going into a school where do you feel that you've got that added bonus I think when we think about gifted learners I probably push the boundary of that a little bit and really Um, open up teachers' ideas to, well, is it compliance and is it being really great at doing stuff in the classroom or is it gifted? And then prompting them not to overlook those students who might have those underlying learning difficulties as well and to really think about students and their whole being. So we're looking at a wide spectrum of giftedness and how they're identified. So you're talking about actually a connection between learning difficulties and giftedness. I mean, and that was your experience, but do you see them as more closely aligned? Is there an alignment there? Yeah, for some students, definitely. And I think that that's usually the thing that gets overlooked, especially I find if there's a behavioural aspect involved as well. Mm. And students who are quite reactive behaviourally are often not picked up as being gifted because it's um, more prominent and kind of gets in the way of them communicating their gift. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Anna, looking back on your own education, We've heard a lot today about relationships, about how key relationships can make a real difference in students. Were there any key relationships throughout your learning, throughout primary and secondary, that made a real difference to where you're at now? I know you've talked about unfair advantage as well, but in terms of just relationships, was there something that stood out to you? Definitely. I think um, the key teacher that identified me as being gifted, um, she stayed with me throughout my schooling journey. And to this day I still foster now a professional relationship with her that's really valuable as she's quite a prominent gifted education um, consultant out there so it's quite nice to have such a firm relationship and professionally now that I can enjoy and then bring in and foster my educational impact on other students. That's incredible. So someone who helped you as young as year two has now carried through to your adult career and is mentoring you in this space. Definitely. Amazing yeah. learning journey together. Was there any particular one um, one specific piece of advice that she's given you professionally that you think really stands out as being something that you kind of go, that's, that's number one in my mantra? Oh, there's so much. If you had to choose oh, one. Um, 
I think it's really important you can't do everything and to really right. look at how you can address things that are right in front of you because I think as teachers we want to get in and fix everything and we want to be the problem solvers but I think we're often problem seekers. So it's looking, stepping back and having a look at how we can be for the students in our care. If you could narrow it down to one thing that you think gifted students need the most, um, it's clear that you've come up with your own model, which is great, um, but within that you've probably learned a lot. So what do you see as the main need? I think the students really need to be supported socially and emotionally in the classroom. I think it's showing that um, often these students we find have trouble connecting with their peers and often we find that they really have um, trouble finding their place in the classroom. So by encouraging like-minded peers together we found that they really the conversations what they take out into the playground is such a big strength from what we've established in the classrooms as well. So you notice social and emotional challenges what other traits do you notice amongst your gifted students what's really common you know if you were to meet a hundred students which ones would stand out to you do you think just because of their personalities and how they presented themselves to you? I think they're the students that want to engage and they keep questioning. They often have really big interests that they want to share with other people and I think that they're the ones that will get really intense on finding out the big ideas and pick down into those bigger issues um, that some other students aren't as interested in. Um, How accepted the title of giftedness is or the label when you give that to a child? Is that something that your school is willing to sort of step forward into? Do staff and students shy away from that? How's that handled? Yeah, I think having the diagnosis and having the gifted, I think the label of gifted education is um, really accepted. And I think, as I've said before, really pushing the actual notion of what gifted learners are is something that's really current at the moment and looking at how giftedness in the classroom is present um, and a wide variety of different kind of content and the way that they interact with others. Looking at your ex- experiences of, of being a gifted student in a school to now having the benefit of kind of like uh, uh, working as someone who is educating and guiding gifted children through, with the wisdom of, of, of hindsight and now knowing that you're going to be working with students like this, how do you, how have those particular challenges that you faced as a gifted child, a gift, gifted student in a school, what perspective has that, has that given you over the years, do you think? I think it's given me the perspective to really step back and think about um, gifted education being as much about making sure the students are um, accessing the curriculum at a certain level as well as really making sure that they feel as though they belong. I think making students engaged is priority Mm -hmm. and ensuring that their social emotional well-being is fulfilled is a key priority, especially with gifted learners. Did you find that those two elements were the things that you you were most challenged by as a a student? I think so. And also having um, a diagnosis of dyslexia meant that I didn't really feel like I fit in either camp. So making sure that students feel supported in the whole way of their education. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. Really beautiful. 
So let me ask you as you look forward, because clearly you've been on this journey for your childhood, now through university and your adult career. Probably as far back as you can remember almost. Yeah. <laughs> she had a very specific memory. Yeah, about, I know, about, I know. About yeah. when she first knew she was different. Teachers huddling in the, the corner. Huddling. They really shouldn't do that, you know. Like it'd be very, very unnerving. To see anyone huddle is unnerving. So you've been on this journey for a while, but looking forward, where do you think, and and also having that privilege of having great mentorship as well, how do you see the field of gifted education moving? What's what's the future like, either in your school, within Australia, globally? What are, what are some trends you think might be emerging I think it's really positive. I think the opportunities are opening up for so many students and I think it's no longer a label that students are afraid to wear. I think having an identification of being gifted means that there's different ways we can make students feel as though they belong in education and kind of beyond that as well. I think there's so many different avenues that they can tap into, be it at school or out of school. I think tapping into the community is a really valuable resource as well and looking outside of how we can make those connections for students to start really belonging in the world. If you were able now, with the experience that you've had, to go back and have a chat to your year two teacher and say, hey, i got some advice for you. If I could tell you one piece of advice on really how to work with young Anna Fox really, really well <laughs> and all of the other students that you may come across who are showing to be gifted, what piece of advice would you give if you could give one? I think it would be to not overlook the strengths. I think it's really... What do you mean by that? That's so interesting. So I think when we look at the profile of a student, we need to look at the whole person, not just their achievement on tests and their achievement and their marks because having a diagnosis of dyslexia often meant that, you know, I wasn't getting the best grades at school. Mm. So looking at other things like how can we achieve, I think at schools we're really good at doing this now, especially through different avenues of differentiation, but not just having the written tests all the time, making other options available, incorporating all the interactive technology like assistive apps on iPads, I think really adds value, especially for people with those dual diagnoses, to really progress and show their gifts other than just the standard um, presenting their ideas on paper and succeeding in tests through that way. Mm. Mm. Okay, so um, teacher has been given advice. <laughs> How would young Anna's journey have been different if she had got that, do you think? I think then I would have seen more success through my schooling journey. I wouldn't have found my uh, learning disability to be such a hindrance to progress so much Mm. and my strengths would have shone a little bit more. Right. I know when I speak to teachers or people who are training to be teachers and we talk about twice exceptionality and they ask me what's one piece of advice I would give, I say find the light in the eyes of the child and go there because so much energy is spent with twice exceptional children working on helping um, the deficits, helping with the disability that often educators forget, okay, we're talking about a twice exceptional child. We need to find their passions, their interests, where that energy is. What drives them. Let that be built and let that flourish. So my one-liner, and I totally believe in it, go where there's light in the eyes of a twice exceptional child because schooling can be so challenging depending on which environment they're in because they've got two exceptionalities, not just one. Yeah. They've got these peaks and valleys. 
I also say when we're um, talking to teachers at our school about identifying gifted learners, the thing I hear the most is they've just got that something. And I think Mm. we have to go with the something more. I think as teachers, we've got gut feelings about our kids and we can't often put our finger on kind of what's driving the giftedness, but there's a something. For the other conversations in this Gifted Education Teachers series, you can find the links in the show notes in this episode. The Four Teachers podcast is produced by James Meston and me, Michaela Howard-Jones, for ArchD Radio and Podcasting. Be sure to check out the other shows on this channel for great content about teachers, by teachers, for teachers.